0: Today we find ourselves, this is a anxious week for the country. A week we move towards election, and some of you I know have already voted, and some of you will wait till the day, because that's who you are, to vote, and that's okay. But I opened my book this week when I read what the scriptures were. I I saw where they were going, the, the lectionary folk. And I thought to myself, what? What a scripture for us on a week that has such importance in our country. So, hear these words. We're in the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, the first through the twelfth verse. Hear these words. Now, when he saw the crowds, Jesus went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said these words. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the word you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me today. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The words in Wayfaring Strangers say, I'm going to lay down... My cross of self-denial, and step in to my home with God. When we walk on this earth, so oftentimes as Christians, we're viewed as people who are supposed to carry a cross of self-denial. We are supposed to deny ourselves this. We're supposed to be meek. We're supposed to be humble. We're supposed to be lowly. And if one of us dare be arrogant or boisterous or outgoing or fun, we get this look upon from the people around us, right? Have you ever heard that? You can't be Christian. You're acting that way. Folks, I'm the life of the party. It's my personality. And I act bolsterous, I'm loud, I'm funny, I like to have fun. My wife doesn't like people to laugh at my jokes because I keep going on and on and on. And Jesus was worried about his people. Just like I'm worried about our people. I'm not worried so much about what happens on November the 3rd. I'm worried about how you're going to act after November the 3rd. Are you going to forget who you are? Are we going to pick sides, winners and losers? Are there going to be victims? Are we going to remember what Jesus said to us? He understood his people. He crawled up a mountain, and what did he do? He didn't stand on some pedestal, he didn't pull up a mighty pulpit grabbed the megaphone, he sat down. Please hear me say this. Jesus sat down with his people. And his people came to him. Folks, the scripture's calling us to seek how it is we're to behave in the coming days. To seek who it is God's calling us to be in the coming days. I could take a poll in the audience and I promise you we're going to fill this side and we're going to feel that side of who we vote for and it's okay. Because we have one Savior and his name is Jesus. And he's calling to us in some of the most powerful words that we've ever heard. He's calling to us. He's sitting down with us. And I love this. He sat down and his disciples... What did they do? They came to him. How many of us have come to Jesus in the last days? Have really had a come to Jesus moment? We've opened our hearts and our minds. Because in our world, if we say we had a come to Jesus moment, that means it was watershed. That means it was soul cleansing. That means it was transformative. We are not the same person when we stood up from Jesus that we were when we sat down with Jesus. And the scriptures lead us to that encounter today. But here's what's happened. Over the years of teaching, over the years of preaching, over the years of studying, we found another checklist. We had the Ten Commandments, and the old church began to argue about who was the most righteous, who could keep the most commandments. Who is the most holy? I've kept one through ten, but you know I struggle with number five. Right? And then we have this beautiful... To be a wordsmith. To see a creation with what we call the Beatitudes is a beautiful portrait of what the love of God looks like. It is not a list for us to say, oh... I've got to be poor in spirit, I guess I have to be meek, and I'm supposed to mourn, I'm supposed to be persecuted because of my beliefs. Well, I just can't live up to all that. That's not what the Beatitudes are. The Beatitudes were never intended when Jesus spoke them to be ways in which we earn God's favor. And we, the people of the world, have placed that upon this piece of Scripture. We've taken these verses and we've said, just like we do the Ten Commandments, we've said click, 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 like Jesus was standing up above us with a gavel pronouncing them over us. That's not what he did. He sat down on the mountain and allowed people to come to him. Those he loved, those he taught, he allowed them to come to him and he said, look, I get it. I know what it's like to live reflecting the love of God. There are some of you who are hurting. You're mourning because what the loss has caused you. Loving God has caused you a great loss in your life and you're mourning Have hope. You will be comforted. And there are some of you who who are peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of God. There's some of you who are merciful. It's okay. The blessings upon you, you will receive mercy. You see, the Beatitudes are about a response from God. It's not about earning God's favor. It's about a response from God. And what God, how God wants to love us as we live into who it is Jesus is making us to be. It has nothing to do with our checklist of who we can be because of we've done everything right. Now, does a relationship with Jesus at times cause us to reshape our lives? Of course it does. There's a circle of friends I don't run around with anymore. I still love them, but they are a terrible influence on me. And for some reason in my life, I can't say no to that influence. So I don't run around with them anymore. I love them. When I see them, I hug them. I greet them. But we don't hang out with each other anymore because somewhere in the journey, I tend to lose who it is God's making me to be. You see, every situation in our life we face is about understanding who it is God wants us to be in that situation. There are times when we, as people of God, have to turn the other cheek. Scripture tells us to. And it doesn't feel good. You ever turn the other cheek? It doesn't feel good. There are times when there are situations in our lives when God wants us to take the coat off our own back and give it to somebody else. God wants us to take our most prized possession and give that to somebody else so that it can bless others. There are times when God wants us to take our substance, that which sustains us, and feed other people. You see, the Beatitudes are about loving others. The Beatitudes are reflecting that who it is God is forming you to be in sharing God's love with the world. You are asked. And Jesus hits every step, every step. He hits every step for us in naming the Beatitudes. If you're poor in spirit, if you're poor in spirit, you know what that means? Don't be about you. Be about God. Let God's spirit fill you up. If you're so rich and egotistical about yourself, how can you reflect God to other people? And he start, I love how he starts. He starts and he ends with poor in spirit and he ends with peace, uh, persecuted for righteousness. If we're poor in spirit, and then he flips it all the way around to being persecuted for righteousness, he promises one thing. He says, yours is the kingdom of God. Of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Is yours. If you're willing to give of yourself. And allow God to fill you up. But I want you to listen again to them. And I've written them down. So that we get them exactly correct. The poor in spirit. Receives the blessing of. The outpouring of God. The kingdom of heaven. If you're mourning. You're going to be comforted. God promises comfort. Your meekness. Allows you to go anywhere in the earth you want to go. When it says inherit the earth, it doesn't mean you're going to inherit all the troubles of the earth, okay? What it means is the meek spirit is allowed to walk wherever on the earth. Because you're walking with God and you're walking in God. If you're craving, you ever get a craving? I've This just came on in the last, I don't know, year or two. About 8.30 at night, there's this word and it's spelled starts with a C and it's spelled chocolate. I just have to have chocolate at 8.30 at night. And it doesn't help things, right? But I crave it. And, and when I finally get to sit in my chair and eat whatever little bit, it just has to be, it could be an M&M. It, as little as it is. The satisfaction of that hunger being met. Just think if you hunger for righteousness. It says, if you hunger for righteousness, do you know what righteousness means? Righteousness means being in right with God. That's all it means. Doesn't mean you're better than anybody else. Doesn't mean you're holier. Doesn't mean you got your papal collar on. Doesn't mean anything. It means you have a relationship with God that's right. That's all it means. Is that you have a good relationship, a working relationship with God. Righteousness in right with God. And if you hunger for that, guess what? Just like my m and at night or my, my, my father-in-law sent my wife a box of orange cream chocolates oh, to die for. My hunger for God is greater than that. And God fulfills that hunger. That's a promise. That's a blessing you receive. Not trying to be hungry for God, but that you are hungry for God. Know that God's going to bless that. Merciful, you'll receive mercy. If you offer mercy, I mean, we live in a world where mercy is not offered much. Judgment, persecution, slander, it's offered in heaps. But mercy, mercy is something we as people need to learn to give. And if we're willing to give, it will be given to us. Not because we give, but because God already given it to us. We received mercy when Christ died. Rose again in the third day. Pure in heart? Okay, pure in heart. I love this one because it says pure in heart. This is your heart, okay? Your mind's up here. You hear me? Your heart has to be pure. Following God is about allowing our heart to become pure. Our mind... We have to learn to control our mind. We have to really learn to control our mind. But God makes our heart pure the minute we say, not mine but thine. I am not yours. I mean, I am not mine. I belong to you. When we kneel and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, our heart becomes pure. And then we work as growing Christians to control our mind and the thoughts that we have. But if we allow our hearts to be pure... We get to see God, because if you walk in this world reflecting the love of God, you're going to see God work. You're going to see God work. You're going to say something to somebody. And they're going to be taken back. You're going to be able to stand in the gap for somebody. You're going to be able to to love on somebody because your heart's pure and you're thinking about somebody else's interest before your own. And the minute we do that is the minute we open the door to the Holy Spirit and we get to see God. You want to see God? Live with a pure heart. Think of others before you think of yourself. Peacemakers. Any peacemakers out here? My wife is a queen. Peacemaker. She wants everybody. Come on, there's got to be more than one. Everybody needs to get along, and we're going to do whatever it takes for everybody to get along. Any of you like that out there other than Mary? You are declared to be a child of God. It says sons of God, but that's because Patriarchal Times wrote it that way. If you're a peacemaker, if you live in that blessing, the blessing is that you're a child of God. Not that you've earned that, but God's already bestowed it upon you. My cry right now is for peace. Every Sunday I pray from this pulpit. God, not that we might kill one another, but that we might see your creation in one another and know what peace is. A peacemaker. And as peacemakers, you know why? You know why you're labeled that way? Why the blessing is? Because you're already acting like a son or daughter of God. You're already acted like you're a part of the family. So if you're a peacemaker, God's going to continue to confer that blessing upon you as a response to the work you're doing. A response of God's favor. And then he says, those who are persecuted for righteousness. Has anybody ever said anything against what you believe in? Have you ever gotten one of those conversations where somebody wants to argue with you about what you believe in and what you understand scripture to say? I despise those conversations and I will walk away. I will walk away from those conversations. Because I'm going to go do a lot of studying and I'm going to allow the scripture to speak to me. And the scripture is going to speak to me a little different than it speaks to you because you and I are in different journeys. We're all brothers and sisters in Jesus. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all moved by the same Holy Spirit. But I promise you, we're all in different places in our journey. And you can go read that Bible front to back and front to back and front to back. And every time you read it, you're going to discover something new. I've been preaching for 20-something years. And every time I read the text, I discover something new. A new word leaps up off the page like he's set with them. I've read this scripture a thousand times and I've never heard he sat with them. But he sat with them. And then he said to them from the very beginning from the poor in spirit to the persecuted for righteousness sake. Do you know what the fullness of the blessing was? The kingdom of heaven is yours. He began those of you blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness, for yours is the kingdom and heaven. The kingdom of heaven. That's what God, God wants for us in, in the whole fullness of being a person of God, of being a believer in Jesus Christ. This week we walk into a world and I don't even want to listen to the news. I don't want to go be out in public. I don't want to be caught in the tension of the political race. And I really don't want to be caught in the tension and the aftermath after the political race is over with, no matter which side of the street you stand on because what I'm afraid of is we're going to have losers and winners and winners and losers and victims and perpetrators and victims when God calls us to be kingdom people. And if we listen to the Beatitudes and we stand in what we believe in, the salvation of Jesus Christ that makes us who we are and the power of the Holy Spirit that walks with us where we go, then we can walk amongst the persecutors and the victims, the winners and the losers, and we can be kingdom people. But the choice is ours. Fred Craddock says, there are people who will turn the cheek, turn the other cheek. There are people who will love their neighbor. There are people who will give their own coat. There are people who will feed the hungry. When we start doing that, we no longer have victims. We live into being kingdom people. This day and from this day forward, I pray we walk out into the world and we know our blessings. And That Jesus continues to sit with us in all that we do. And as we face whatever this week holds, winners or losers, persecutors and victims, I pray we, the people of God, walk into the world as kingdom people. Amen and amen.